For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Time for VUC. In our 11th year, with us on our journey this year, Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Greenfield Tech. Go to greenfield.tech and see how they can make your tech dreams both feasible and affordable. Our conference bridge is the best you'll ever find at zipdx.com. VUC.me is hosted on Bluehost. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are provided by Voxphone.com. Alrighty, thanks for the pre-roll from Michael. I just uh, have to show myself for one second. That's me. Hello, folks. We've been doing this for almost 11 years, and this is VUC 664, September 22nd, 2017, 2017, as some say. We're really pleased to have Martin Geddes with us, and I just wanted to make this one quick announcement because Martin was last on the VUC, as for my records, December 2013. So we're talking about a large part of the Internet lifetime. And um, he has a fantastic newsletter that you'll want to subscribe to if you're interested in the things that we're going to be talking about with him. And you can do that the most easily by Googling his name, M-A-R-T-I-N-G-E-D-D-E-S, Martin Geddes, and you will find his site. Go to the site and sign up for that newsletter. And that's all from me. We're turning it over to Mr. James Bodie, who is going to lead this session with uh, Martin, who is on ZipDX. So you'll be seeing slides from him. And here's a preview of that slide. First slide. James, take it away. Thank you, Randy. And uh, hello, Martin. Uh, how wonderful to uh, converse with you. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm I'm just looking at the, the still picture of you on your slide. Uh, but do you want to introduce yourself to... Uh, those people who, unlikely as it may sound, don't actually know who you are. Would you like to do the uh, the quick 30-second uh, intro? Sure, absolutely. Um, so uh, I describe myself as a computer scientist, um, and I've kind of been sucked into the telecoms industry uh, uh, for the last 15 years and trying to figure out how it all works. Um, I'm a compulsive troublemaker, and, um, uh, and the particular trouble I'm making is uh, looking for the theoretical foundations underneath all this packet, network, packet networking stuff and kind of finding they're missing and then hunting for the people who might actually have them. So uh, I work alongside a team of applied mathematicians and also entrepreneurs and uh, management kind of folks. And we're turning a series of breakthrough ideas um, into uh, uh, real technology and real services. So it's a, um, uh, we're linking together uh, fundamental maths to new mechanisms to new management methods for networks. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. I, I've got to say, as as uh, an addendum to that little introduction, that I've known you, Martin, for now, what, 13, 14 years? And, mm-hmm. um, well, I think so. We first met in San Francisco, I think. Um, but it, something like that. Anyway, it seems like a, a lifetime. I actually had hair when we met. Um, um and I've I come to know you as one of the brightest brains on the block when it comes to coming up with new stuff and very clever stuff. But what I will say about, about you is that you're 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 heavy on the theory and uh, mm-hmm. and, and less so possibly on the practical side. Um, Aha! So we're going to talk in practice very soon. So, which is probably why you and I ought to do something together in the uh, in the future because I'm very much hands on and and practical and dangerous demo type person. But anyway, would you like to tell us about um, what today's exciting business is? Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit today about quality assured voice and video, about the reality of actually building it and doing it. Um, So on previous um, talks I've given in public, I've talked about the theory and the maths and the science and engineering. Um, And we're going to talk a little, little bit about that because it's still relevant. Um, But the thing I'm going going to... take take us through is the context of a big um, uh, business change, contextual change of moving to the cloud. Um, 
and uh, and then talk about the specifics of Just Right Networks. So I and a team of colleagues have got a new startup, and we are implementing the stuff as um, the world's first commercially available quality assured voice and video service. So there's been a prototype version that's been running for a number of years that was not not, not for commercial sale, um, uh, and we're in the process of going live with that. So um, uh, I think it's a very exciting moment in that you know, everyone's had the experience of the internet being, let's just face it, a little bit shit. It's like um, we've all sat there and, and been on some Skype call or watching some movie and you get the circle of death or granny suddenly all disappears and breaks up. And that isn't necessary. So um, uh, we, we'd have to fix that. That's well, it's very true. We we deal with that on a on a weekly basis here on the VUC and uh, with the vagaries of Randy's uh, VDSL circuit, and uh, and we end up actually running the show on uh, over three G, four G circuits now and then. Um, so um, anyway, that, that's probably a good intro to take you into your into your little presentation, isn't it? Yes. So the last time I got so excited about, <clears throat> about being on VUC, I managed to kick the power switch and the power strip <laughs> in the middle of the webinar. It all, everything went black, and I go, "Oh crap." Um, anyway, I promise not to bed today. So, um, so yes, let's go through this. So, uh, next slide, please. So, as I said, um, I have a website. If you want to learn more about me, this is my personal website rather than my company website. Um, if you want to learn more about me and my, my interests, uh, Martin Gathers. Um, next slide. So, uh, my my grand hypothesis behind all this stuff is that we're at the tail end of one S curve of growth of um, uh, data services <clears throat> at the start of a new new curve of growth. And the broadband internet access has been growing like crazy for the last 20 years. Um, I was at a conference yesterday, and this is a uh, version of that uh, the talk I gave at the conference. Um, and it was obvious that you know, mobile is saturating, the revenues are starting even actually start to fall. It's um, uh, that the broadband internet access model is now mature. Um, and there's a new uh, demand for cloud application access. Um, and uh, it comes in many forms. You know, people are obviously working from home. They want unified comms that works. Um, uh, they are um, uh, switching from broadcast TV to streaming TV and Netflix and the like. You know, it's people want it's just stuff that just works, um, and that's a uh, requires a different way of engineering. But it's also about changing our paradigm from one which is um, in the broadband internet access, which is we'll give you this internet access and you have to figure out what it's useful for, to the other way around, which is you've got you've got an application and we have to figure out how to build a network that does what it needs, right? So it's um, it's traditional engineering. Uh, next slide. So there is a, a precedent for this. Um, I think it's a very good and strong precedent, which is um, we're not the first transport industry to go through a major uh, transformation revolution. So um, back in the 1950s and 60s, um, was there was a series of innovations around the Connects box and then the proper container, um, the 20-foot container and then the 40-foot container. And that transformed physical delivery of goods and services. And, um, uh, and it shifted all the, the power balances as well in that industry. So beforehand, it was the shipping companies themselves, like, like the telcos today, um, who were really powerful and made people very, very rich. But it became over time the people who could do the intermodal logistics and coordinate many different kinds of goods and services being transported um, uh, essentially over many different kinds of transport, you know, road, rail, uh, sea and air, um, to, to deliver some specific kind of outcome for different customers and different needs. And uh, it was the people who could combine together all those different modes of transport um, and solve the customer's problem who became the really powerful ones. And they ended up going back and then starting to buy and open the shipping lines. Um, so it was a fundamental transformation. Uh, and uh, and there kind of were no fast followers. <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole new group of companies that grew up, and uh, it wasn't the old shipping lines that um, that entered into this, this new new business, um, and it transformed the world. Uh, I believe we're about to see the same thing in telecoms, which is just like we saw in the cloud with virtualization and hypervisors. We saw conta containerization of the compute resource. Um, we're now going to see a containerization, as it were, of the the um, information delivery resource. And uh, packet data was only the very, 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 very first step. Um, uh, there's, there's another level of containerization that's required and flow management through these complex systems. Okay, next slide. So in order to um, uh, get on this new S-curve of growth, there are three things that are required. So um, 
And the first one is to not just not to try and build whole new kinds of um, networks or um, delivery systems. The first one is to figure out what what actually we're delivering today. Um, so it's about understanding the network quality flaw we currently have. And the quality flaw of broadband networks today isn't engineered, it's emergent. It's a, a property of all kinds of little random processes that all interact with each other. And something happens, and it changes, and it varies. Um, and there's uh, sometimes it's stable, sometimes it's unstable. You know, it's, it, it's, um, we've all experienced that unpredictability. Um, and so the first step is to understand what is it we currently are delivering. Um, and to quantify that in a way which is not about just averages of packet loss and latency and, and, uh, and jitter, but in a way that is directly relatable to the end user experience. So there's a, currently an engineering gap, which is the kinds of network metrics we're using are proxies for the experience and are co correlated to the experience, but they're not directly causal of the experience. So we want to have a stronger set of metrics that are directly causal. And so we start to do proper engineering with them. So go to the next slide. So here's, here's what I made earlier. So um, uh, our technology and science partner in delivering this quality assured broadband is a company called Predictable Network Solutions. And they're the, they're the, the maths and computer science geniuses who made the original breakthroughs here. Um, and what we're doing is taking a series of techniques that were developed for um, very high-end, uh, big telcos, military, big governments, you know, particle super colliders, all that kind of stuff, um, to manage network performance. And we're kind of downsizing them to, to the ordinary every day. So uh, if you think about how a, um, uh, yeah, say an, ultra, an ultrasound scanner lets you see inside a human body, but a functional MRI scanner lets you really see what's going on. Um, and so what we kind of built is the equivalent of a functional MRI scanner, where you inject test packets into networks um, with a special statistical properties and watch what happens to them. Um, and you get these sort of super high fidelity, high resolution pictures of what's going on inside. And um, uh, so you, you, need, you need to start with the right raw data. Um, and this right raw data is about capturing the, the probability distributions of what's going to happen to those individual packets as they, as they traverse the network. So this, this is one way of visualizing some of that raw data we capture. Um, so you've got these time traces of what, what's happened to these individual test packets. Um, and the test packets are all different sizes. So on the right-hand side, you can see, is there, is there any structure in there about how the, um, uh, the, um, the latency you're getting is, is correlated with packet size? Or, you know, it's, um, uh, we started to sort of give ourselves an understanding of, of where, where the, um, the flow constrictions might be in this system. Okay, so next slide. So the first step, I said, was to establish a quality floor. And for that, you need to have high-fidelity metrics. Um, the second step is to think about how, how, how the whole supply chain of delivering some kind of application experience comes together to deliver some kind of outcome. Um, so we have uh, maybe your Wi-Fi in your house attached to then maybe a DSL line, which then talks to some lo local networks and you know, national networks, some international network, and then comes out the other side. Um, and so that's the supply chain. Yeah? And then at the moment, the internet we've built has a series of traffic interchange agreements, and they typically have no or weak um, quality requirements. So if we're going to start to engineer quality in these supply chains, then we need to have some kind of SLA. So, so we have an SLA that is expressed in um, a mathematical language, which is both relatable to the network and the user experience. And we build these quality contracts um, so that we can start to coordinate that supply chain. So next, next slide, give you some examples. So the critical thing, if you want to get a working application, um, some kind of uh, acceptable rate of uh, performance failure. We can't, get, we can't get rid of performance failure. Yeah, we live in the real world. There'll always be some. Um, then you need the packets to arrive fresh enough. Right? It's, um, if enough packets arrive that are fresh enough and without the awful fungus of time on them, um, then it works. So, um, so what we have to do is build a kind of a quality contract. Um, that says it's the, it's the blue line here, which is um, if the packet delay is less than a certain amount, and we've got to ignore the lower scale, it's, um, it could be any, any scale, um, uh, then um, we're okay. So if the black line is um, the cumulative distribution of how fresh the packets arrived, and if it's to the left of the, the blue line, we're in, right? It's, um, 
we, we are doing better than the requirements. <coughs> if, however, that um, that black line starts to clip the corners of the blue line, it means oh, oh, we're in trouble, is that um, we're at risk of not delivering the experience that we want to deliver. And, and this is kind of, this is just ordinary engineering. You know, it's a, um, we're trying to create a safety margin, uh, which is quantified and predictable. And if you're building a, you know, a bridge or a skyscraper or a space shuttle, that's ordinary. Um, we know what the safety margin is. In broadband today, the safety margin could be huge and positive. It could be negative. It comes and it goes. It changes all the time. It's like it's um, this crazy emergent world rather than an engineered world. So this is just an ordinary engineering requirement um, for a performance outcome. Next slide. Okay, next one. Okay, ask this to check this. So, it's the, so the point being here, yes. Yeah, so in terms of what we're doing differently um, at Just Right Networks is that um, uh, we are uh, engineering to a quality outcome here. So we are building networks in the opposite direction to how most of them are built today. So how they're normally built today is you deploy a series of cause mechanisms and stuff, and routing uh, uh, approaches and, um, and codecs in, in your, your system. And then you, once you've deployed it, you find out what it does. And, and then you start to tweak it to make it work better if it doesn't work well enough. Um, we have the exact opposite, which is we start with the outcome we want, and this is the specification for the outcome, and then figure out what kind of mechanisms, if we put them all together, would deliver that outcome, um, which is how normally engineering works. Uh, and um, so, but the first critical difference is we start with the requirement, yeah? is that we want to deliver a particular application experience outcome for a particular application. Um, and this is how we capture it. Um, so next slide. Right, so that raw data I showed you earlier um, with those packet traces and capturing the individual packets allows us to construct, in this case, it's in red rather than black, the appropriate wiggly line um, and compare it against that, you know, that, that requirement. So if you, you have to recognize that packet networking is by definition statistical multiplexing. That's what it is. Um, uh, and it's statistical at heart, and therefore the metrics you need to bit use have to be statistical. Um, and when we try to use simple little scalars like average loss and delay, we've lost the critical information that we really need. Um, so we're building a contract between supply and demand here, which is expressed in a statistical language, um, and, uh, and we're trying to compare those two together. So it's uh, to make sure we at least deliver on what the requirement is. Next slide. Right. So we've established firstly this calibrate, which is you can start to measure what the current networks are delivering um, and what quality flaw they have. Secondly is coordinate, which is figuring out what is the requirement the application has and how can we express that as a quality contract? And ultimately, how can we decompose that contract into a sort of series of contracts for a whole supply chain? The third thing you need to be able to do is control. So we're delivering quality assured broadband here. Um, so we have to have mechanisms that deliver on the contract. Uh, and that means taking resources and taking them away from where they're not needed and giving them to where they are needed. Um, so that means we have to view the network not as kind of a pipe delivering bandwidth, which kind of has a uh, quality as a secondary aspect, um, but we directly have to figure out how to trade around the quality. And what my math, my, math, my friends have cracked is, um, is how to do that. Uh, so next slide. So this isn't a theory. Um, this is from the first generation version of this technology, which was running for a number of years. It was originally built to do video sign language for the deaf um, in Wales. Um, uh, and this, this is data taken from that first generation one. We're in the process of um, deploying the second generation. I'll talk about that later. Um, so on the left-hand side, you've got standard broadband. And this is, um, you know, it's all over the place a bit. Um, on the right-hand side is you've got the quality assured, where you've got multiple classes of service and um, in this case, it's playing, uh, actually, it's, it was the BBC iPlayer application that was being played. Um, and you can tell there's a very, very different level of control over these two things. Um, so it's a new kind of network my colleagues have built. Um, it's called a poly service network and has multiple classes of service. And each class of service has a um, uh, strictly defined quality floor and or ceiling. Because um, when you take resources away from one thing, and give it to something else, then you make something worse and something else better. So if you're going to deliver high quality, uh, assured voice and video, that means you must simultaneously be delivering low quality something else. Yeah. So you have to construct an economy class that is still useful whilst you're constructing a, a superior class for the voice and video. And the current cause mechanisms um, 
if, even if they do sometimes work and deliver high quality voice and video, in the process, they destroy the value of what's left. They take far too much resource away from what's left and give, and give far too much to the voice and video. Um, and you end up with something that's just, that's just useless for anything. Um, so my colleagues have constructed a thing that is still useful for doing overnight backups, um, you know, the operating system upgrades or Dropbox syncing um, in the economy class. Um, but that economy class is totally isolated mathematically from the high quality classes. Next slide. But, uh, right. Um, so uh, let's draw back a bit is that there's some things that have to change in this industry. So if you're um, building wireless antennas, um, then the underlying mass for doing that was developed in the 17th centuries and you know, complex analysis, uh, 18th century. The, the physics was done in the 19th century, like Maxwell's wave equations, and the technology was done in the 20th century, like MIMO antennas. And here we are in the 21st century, yeah? and it all works fine. If you're doing spectrum policy, there are no arguments about physics. Um, uh, however, um, in our world of packet networking, it's all a bit backwards. Um, which is, we started building them um, in the 1970s, uh, and we again started to think about the theory in the 1990s, and we just about realized we missed out the maths. So it's all, all backwards. So there's a new branch of maths required. Um, you can think of it as the complex numbers of, um, uh, of probability, and it's about taking loss and delay, and rather than being two separate things, as we put them into a single mathematical model. So um, Imagine if you're trying to supply uh, water to a house, you have a single metric of how much water do you deliver, liters. <laughs> if you were trying to deliver um, electricity to a house, how much electricity do you consume, watts? Right? Well, what's the unit of supply and demand in broadband? Well, um, at the moment, we have multiple units. We have loss and uh, delay or you know, jitter or whatever. We have several units that all have some kind of coupling between them. Um, and so we created this unmanageable engineering problem because you have too many units. Uh, so there's a way of collapsing that problem in, in, into a single unit space. Um, and it requires thinking about the problem a little bit differently. So this is the idea of quality attenuation and then quantifying it differently. And there's a new branch of math called Delta Q, which does it. Um, so the reason why we can actually do quality assured broadband is because we have a sensible unit in which to talk about the resource uh, and as well as having clever new mechanisms for doing the scheduling, et cetera. But if you don't have the right, the right math, it's like if you're trying to do uh, engineer wireless antennas and you never cracked imaginary numbers, you're in trouble. <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, and so we're missing something really basic here. So we have to have new metrics. Um, next one. So secondly, new architectures. Um, what we're doing today in the current internet is a very much like, say, the, the brick bulk shipping that was happening in the past with cargo shipping before we containerized. Um, uh, we have this, this great sludge of data that all goes along together. Um, and we ended up trying to deliver everything with the uh, the uh, cost structure of the high of the um, most quality demanding flows, you know, like voice and video, but the revenue structure of the bulk data, and it's all absolutely insane. Um, and and the customers aren't happy. You know, it's, there's no secret the current internet isn't delivering great outcomes, and, uh, and people are trying to do things about it, like with active queue management, but it ain't going to solve the problem. Uh, so we need to go back to basics and uh, recognize there are some foundational things we need to fix um, in terms of our distributed computing. Um, and we made some pretty basic design mistakes in the current internet. Uh, so we need to start thinking about how to fix some of those because there's an external reality and it's got constraints and they're going to impose themselves, but they already are. Um, and the course we're currently on it, of trying to botch it and fix it over and over again ain't fixing it. Um, so I was at a um, uh, conference yesterday. There was Dan Warren, who's the head of 5G for Samsung, on his slide that said TCPIP, not fit for purpose. Right? So um, uh, it, don't just take it from me. <laughs> it's it's uh, uh, a widely understood meme that um, we need to go back to the basement and fix on the foundations. Um, next. So what I think is coming, uh, and this could be 10 years out, um, is a new business model for networking. Um, maybe looks a little bit like, say, the Visa network is for exchange agreements in um, in the financial services and banking industry. So in today's internet, there are no quality flaws that are defined, typically. Um, uh, you get what you get, and if you don't like it, that's a shame. It's um, uh, in a future network, which is fit for purpose for a variety of applications and uses, um, there will be money attached to delivering 
more resources for better quality. Um, and there'll be costs attached to doing it, and therefore there'll be incentives for cheating. Uh, so um, we will have to have uh, trusted intermediaries who help to um, allow those sets of agreements to form and so that when networks exchange traffic, they don't feel obliged to go audit every other network in the world. Um, so we will see a, a, um, a retrofitted over time, and possibly might start in enterprise networks, it may not be on the public internet as such, um, uh, the ability to measure the current quality floor, um, define what quality floor you really want, and build the appropriate contracts, and have a set of contracts that when you compose them all together, deliver a working application. Um, will be coming. Uh, so I think we'll see new business models emerge, new intermediaries, and, um, uh, and a new kind of internet, effectively. Um, it's effectively a, um, uh, uh, if the essence of the internet is about how you exchange traffic, how that exchange will be done will, will change in a number of ways, not least of which will be, it will be done on a, both on the global scale, but also even on the personal scale. Um, uh, so as we move to IoT and um, uh, sort of the industrial internet, then we will see new kinds of interchange agreements, um, smart, smart agreements, and even the coinification of um, the blockchainification of networks happen as well. And the cumulative effect, next slide, is a new industry. Um, so we will effectively see the end of the current cloud and telecoms industry as being separate entities, and it will be all just digital, digital logistics. Um, that is the new industry. Uh, and it's going to be a bit of a painful birth because it Means letting go of some cherished beliefs um, from the past about who we are, what we do. Um, so, next slide. To kind of to wrap up this bit, um, uh, I see that there are ten, exactly ten, no more than no less, um, transformations up ahead uh, between this broadband internet um, world and the cloud application world. So, can run through these quickly. Um, so, the current quality floor of broadband internet is not engineered. We're building these lovely cathedrals. Um, they're very beautiful and great places, and there'll be fabulous tourist attractions in the future. However, it's emergent. Um, we need to adopt ordinary engineering, be able to define a uh, requirement and deliver to that requirement with a known safety margin, which means that the user experience will go from being a bit of a backwards thing of purpose for fitness. You know, well, here it is. I hope, I hope you find it useful. Um, to fitness for purpose, which is what we expect from our water supply, for our electricity supply, any other utility service, it should be fit for purpose. Um, and to do that, we need to change the resource model. So today, we're selling bandwidth, everything's about speed, um, and that bandwidth turns up with some kind of quality, um, which may be invisible to the end user, but they know it doesn't deliver the outcomes they need. Um, the future is that we will deliver a quantity of quality. So quality will become a first-class member of our um, uh, engineering models, our pricing policies and plans, it will it will change its importance. We'd have a quality revolution. So um, this happened you know, in like, um, car manufacturing and process manufacturing years ago. They went through the whole lean Six Sigma thing. Well, it's time for telecoms to go through that too and broadband. You know, we haven't we have the exact opposite of lean networks at the moment. Um, maximum work in progress rather than minimum. So because we have not applied those principles, uh, the quality of experience defect rate of the service we offer is unlike anything else we experience in modern life. You know, it's, um, there is no other product or service we put up with which has the failure rate that broadband offers us. Um, that needs to be fixed. Um, but things will still fail. So we need to go from having uh, basically um, uh, uh, product and randomly change things approach to fault management to one with automated fault isolation. So when things go wrong, we'll immediately know where and why because we'd know which contract has been broken, um, which performance technical contract has been broken. Uh, now, the thing that's um, uh, the incentive is always money, um, and there'll have to be money attached to delivering assurance. So assurance isn't just merely making the application work. It's being able to prove you made it work so you can bill for it. Um, so there'll be a set of additional capabilities to uh, show that not only did we make your voice and video do, you know, uh, delight the user, but um, that we didn't, we didn't fake it. Um, so that's what assurance is about. Um, and when we change the incentives, um, that will change the pricing model, which moved from today being quantity bandwidth to selling differentiated application outcomes. This service I'm delivering you is fit for Skype for Business or fit for Salesforce or fit for whatever. Um, uh, but because the quality contracts are um, an increasing complexity, this is a bit like with CDNs, you know, is that um, 
the, it's only a whole sort of wholesale users and enterprises who are really set up for dealing with quality contracts, um, not your mum and dad. And uh, um, so we'll see a shift in emphasis, and this has already happened a bit with CDNs, uh, where it's the um, uh, the, well, the internal telco to telco or telco to distribution partner or telco to cloud, where these contracts get managed um, and not be hidden from the end user. It's, uh, it'll be wrapped up into your SaaS fee or whatever. Um, I think there'll be a revolution in the level of efficiency. So what we're doing at Just Right Networks is to be able to run networks at 100% load while still being able to, to deliver quality assurance. Um, so today we're using huge amounts of idleness. Uh, it's not really super fast networks, they're super idle networks and super fat um, uh, to deliver the quality requirement. That isn't sustainable. Um, indeed, indeed, it is worse than not sustainable is that um, uh, there's basic protocol breakdown that's happening in the internet. It's not very easy. It's not very easily visible um, unless you have these high fidelity metrics. Um, but as we make networks go faster and faster and faster, um, we're uh, creating new kinds of scaling problems um, which are having bad effects. And so the internet is not a scale-free system. There are scaling limits. We've seen them hit. Um, by moving to the lean model, we can transcend those. Um, I believe it will also be a freeing act because today you make money from uh, building a spectrum cartel or a uh, access oligopoly for the fixed lines. Um, and the bottleneck in these ecosystems will move. It will be less like a pipe thing and more like financial services and derivatives or futures with the trading platform, the supply and demand. And it's the people who have the strongest insight into present and future demand and who control the trading platform, who make the money. Uh, next slide. So, um, so that's kind of the, the formal content bit. Um, let's tell you about what we're up to. Um, so Just Right Networks is uh, uh, a startup we've been going for a year. Um, we build virtual quality networks. So uh, we don't build whole new kinds of networks from the ground up, not yet. Yeah, that's, that's a few years away. Um, what we're doing is taking existing networks um, and calibrating them to so understanding what quality floor they're currently delivering and then working to coordinate their supply chains and then to take control over the experience as necessary um, and we're, we're um, so the virtual quality network is a bit like if you've got a vpn so a virtual private network that isolates traffic based on different security requirements so a vqn a virtual quality network isolates traffic based on different performance requirements um, and you can also imagine a little, little light in your, your taskbar on your laptop and you know, get, get, get having a bad internet day, hit, hit the VQM button, okay? And it'll manage the traffic differently. Um, so um, what we're building is um, uh, a, what we've built is a platform um, for, think of it as doing packet scheduling as a service. Um, so we have a partner in Scotland, Shortech, who we're working with, who are a well-established um, uh, well-respected provider of uh, voice services and data services to mostly small business um, or medium-sized businesses. So yeah, it could be hotel chains and uh, travel agents, estate agents, you know, high street chains. Um, and uh, we're working with them to deploy the technology that our, our science partners at Predictable Network Solutions developed um, uh, in the past and productize it. So uh, the the Downstream um, system is uh, is you know, live and being in the process of being configured at the moment, um, and we're going to run a we're running a field trial, um, and we're inviting partners to join in. Uh, it's obviously a sort of free activity, um, and uh, uh, it's a platform on which um, people can come and experience what is actually possible, um, uh, even over today's infrastructure. So what we're doing is taking the um, the infrastructure that, in this case, BT Wholesale have built, and because there is regulated access to it, we don't need to ask for any permission. Um, and we're, we're wrappering that uh, infrastructure, and we're scheduling the packets in a very different way to what everyone else does. Um, so rather than injecting all the packets as fast as possible um, and believing you create as much value as possible by moving packets as quickly as possible, we inject them as slow as possible. Um, at the last possible moment at which they can go, which is uh, uh, or it's uh, or the first possible moment where they can go where they don't meet any packet we sent earlier. Um, so uh, it's a um, uh, uh, it's a lean model in that we're min 
minimizing the working progress of the network rather than maximizing it, which gives us the maximum possible level of control over those flows. Um, so, uh, so we're kind of arbitraging the BT network. We're, we're looking at the difference between the underlying quality it delivers, um, which, is, which is emergent rather than engineered, um, and the quality that any particular application requires. And we're resharing that network to extract the difference. Um, and it works. Yeah, is that um, uh, this is uh, this is not a theory? It's a uh, um, it's a proven uh, um, pragmatic technique. And uh, but it does require changing your fundamental belief about networks, which is that networks do work. They don't do work, and therefore moving the packets as fast as possible isn't a good idea. Um, so we've cracked the math for how to do it and how to go, go backwards from a um, uh, one of those blue line requirements. Um, and configure the mechanism to deliver exactly that um, to that particular line. Uh, and it does require a lot of new maths. Um, and uh, um, it's, a, um, it's not in the textbooks. Uh, it's not in any university courses. It's, it's, not, um, it's not the way that people currently think about networks. Um, it's not part of the current paradigm. Uh, however, it's real. <laughs> so it works in practice. And whether it works in theory is left as an exercise to the reader. Um, uh, I, I also see a. I see this as a first step. It's a first step into building this new um, uh, performance-engineered digital supply chains. Um, and I believe that really what's required is more than just one company. It's a whole industry initiative. Um, and I'm considering at the moment, and I'd like to talk to people maybe who are on this call about: Do we need some kind of um, network quality floor foundation where we can? bring the tools that we've got, um, so the, the measurement systems you know, and the mechanisms into a much wider audience and, and let people play with it. Um, but it has to be done on some kind of um, uh, reasonably sustainable basis and not as a charity activity. So, um, so my question is to people who are participating in this webinar is how can we make that happen? It's, um, you know, I've spent the last seven years uh, uh, working to bring the theory into the, into the world and bring the mechanisms and that now requires opening up to a much wider group of people so uh, we look forward to more people participating and this being the start of a um uh, a wonderful journey on, on that next s curve of growth okay wow wow thank you as usual martin you delivered something which is uh thought-provoking and and i, I i've been making notes here i've got about uh 20 or 30 questions here but I'm, I'm guessing that there are lots of other people on the call who also have questions and i'm looking at mr uh corrado yes there who uh is twitching with uh no, no, no. With, with, no. with questions so do you want to go first corrado uh, just a couple of questions and one information i i mean because i'm in scotland i know very well gavin henry uh we are partnering with him with a number of products and i'll be uh, getting back in touch with him to know if we can do something uh, to help you out and to test these kind of networks because we have a number of clients that are uh, very likely to be benefiting from this kind of technology. Yep. Uh, that's a thing that yep. we will do. Uh, one note uh, from my very low-level experience in networks mm -hmm. is that now uh, the cost is not... Uh, by speed or the size of the pipe, but how much traffic you put through. So uh, cost is probably no longer a driver to get a network that delivers in uh, correct time and with the right priority. Uh, I don't think that's a driver. And we could possibly disregard the fact that we have excessive speeds. That's already almost paid by itself. So if we have excessive um, speeds, we can keep them. Uh, like when we have a, a, a supply of 40,000 40, watts available, uh, ampere or whatever, in the house that we never use, but it's there if we, never, if we ever need to. Okay, so there's, there's something important here, which is about the relationship between quantity and quality. Um, and it's widely misunderstood. Um, so... Uh, um, so you're right in one sense, which is that um, in, in various um, pricing and metering points in networks today, the meter is running on quantity. Yeah? So if you're an ISP in the UK and you're buying from B OpenReach or BT Wholesale or whatever, yeah, they'll charge you per gigabyte. Um, 
however, the underlying um, uh, think of it as resource cost rather than financial cost is attached to quant quality, not quantity. Um, the thing that actually costs money to deliver is timeliness. And if you can wait forever for something to happen, then it has no cost, right? And yeah. like we, could, you know, we, could, we can put it onto a DVD, put it in the post. It's like, yeah, it arrives two weeks later, tough. It's like, um, uh, so, so it's, it's the timeliness that has the, the actual underlying resource cost. Um, and this is kind of a mathematical truth about the world. And the way we're building networks today is that the, the often particularly access networks have to be incredibly idle in order to um, reduce the, the contention um, to an acceptable yes. level. Uh, and, and so if the effective cost of quality is really, really high because of the, it isn't just the bandwidth that the application uses, it's the enormous amount of idleness that has to be sat there. Um, and the idleness can't be maintained. It's called non-stationarity. Um, is that the statistical stability of these networks is going away um, because of how we built protocols. So, um, uh, and I will be publishing a, um, uh, a public uh, presentation very soon on non-stationarity because the regulators are becoming very interested in it. So stationarity is the new speed, um, quality is the new quantity, and, uh, and they need, they're starting to wrap their heads around it. So um, uh, it's probably a bit more than the scope of this webinar to go into the details of the relationship between quantity and quality and how it all works. So, so but you, the, the historical belief that you can deliver quality through quantity, it was true for a while, but for a series of technical reasons, it is, it is breaking down and will become less true and goes into reverse. So um, uh, we have to change. We can't keep doing it the way we did. No, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, we, have, uh, we are at a point where uh, the networks that have been deployed are there and are probably sufficient if we introduce your model. Uh, and it will be sufficient for a while. Yes, it's, it's about how we, it's not about how much resource we have, it's about how we go about allocating and dividing up that resource to different users and uses. And, and we need to become a bit more sophisticated in how we do that. Absolutely. I agree. James. So James has 34 other questions. Go ahead, James. Roll it. Uh, you're still muted. Free for free. And I, 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 I charge James consultancy fee after the third question. <laughs> James, you're still muted. Yeah, I know. There he goes. This unmuting thing is, uh, is a bane of my life. Um, so um, coming back to you, Martin, you asked a question uh, of the audience. And your, your, your question was uh, how uh, yes. challenging people to uh, see how we're going to um, get the, the mechanism that Just Right Networks has defined and get it into use. Uh, and my thought there is that we already have a mechanism to do that, and, and that is that you take um, your theory and your procedure, your protocol, whatever it is, to the IETF, and you get it standardized. And then if it's good, then some, lots of people introduce it. I got some bad news for you. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, how, how, can I put, how can I put this in a, in a caring, compassionate, polite way, which is um, but the, the IETF doesn't do engineering. It's not an engineering organization. It is, um, it is constitutionally built to explore the possible success modes of uh, broadband networks, um, packet networks. And it has been fabulously success successful at that. Um, uh, however, it is not an engineering organization where people are, are professionally accredited to take responsibility for the failure modes. Um, so the ITF is not, and we're, we're about failure mode engineering, not success mode engineering. Um, and for a long list of reasons, the ITF is constitutionally and conceptually not um, um, equipped for doing that. Now, there's some other things we do. So the, the real first step is about getting the measurement system into the world and the right metrics. So there is an underlying science to this. I, if you go to qualityattenuation.science, it will currently redirect to Google Doc, but um, uh, I've captured a lot of that science out there. I've been giving it away for free for years, right? So I've created this huge body of knowledge um, uh, at my own expense, public public knowledge, um, and that needs to be curated. And there's, there's curriculums I've been teaching to the R&D labs of the equipment vendors and stuff, um, which need to be tidied up and put published properly. Um, uh, and, and there's only one me, you know, and I, I go to Tesco, trying to give telecoms advice at the checkout doesn't really get you past the checkout. Um, so at some point, there has to be some vaguely sustainable model by which... Um, that body of science and a reference measurement system, which which also at some level rewards the people who produced it. You know, they've they've 
my colleagues at PN Sol have spent 15 years working on this. Um, uh, they need, they've got mortgages, mortgages to pay. It's, um, so I'm thinking of a, what I'm thinking of is a, a network quality floor um, foundation with sponsors um, uh, who um, help to bring this into the world, build the website, create a community, um, maybe we can run webinars, run events. It's, um, put out there a basic measurement system which anyone can use. So I've got a demo measurement system which is running on my home broadband here, which is fascinating results. But uh, at the moment, I haven't got a business model to share it with anyone else. It's, um, uh, and this feels like a relatively easily fixable problem. Right? So, um, uh, so I don't want to build, I want my, the impact I want to have and my colleagues want to have is to maximally distribute this into the world. We do not want to create a small little island of profitability, which um, lets us retire a little bit early, but everyone else, you know, bad luck. It's, um, so we'd love to get this into everyone's hands. We just need to find a way of doing it that respects our effort and, uh, um, and, the, and the huge cost we've had. Okay. okay. Well, 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 well um, described said that the IEP is broken. Um, we do have another mechanism for um, sharing really clever things um, with uh, with lots of people, and that is, that is you go, you go yeah, ahead and open source. Where's that echo coming back from? Yes, the open source route is a yes and. Um, I would love to be able to find a way of doing that. However, I also need to find a way of making sure that my colleagues' mortgages are paid. So um, uh, there are Red Hat type models or whatever that, um, uh, that can do that. Um, just that it takes time and effort to go and, go and take the IPR, package it up in the right way. Um, and uh, um, so I think it's, it's a conversation that anyone who's interested in this stuff and is either as a, as a user participant or as a um, uh, possible sponsor of these things. Um, so the science and engineering requires sponsorship, yeah? Get it out there. It's, 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 uh, it's very simple, you know, it's, um, uh, and, and I can't spend my tight days going running around the world to the ITF. You know, I haven't got, I, I can't afford it. It's like it's, um, uh, so um, if this is gonna move forward into the world as a community activity, the community needs to stump up and help, and help do it. It's, um, I, I've, I've I've run out of resources, so it's uh, um, uh, and I would um, invite anyone who's interested in that to get in touch with me. You know, it's um, uh, I'm easy to find. Okay, well, how about running it as a crowdfunding, crowdfunded project? Um, that's an option as well. Um, uh, yes, um, uh, and um, and it requires behind the crowdfunding activity a, a movement of people who have a collective interest in greatly accelerating the adoption of high fidelity metrics and new mechanisms. Well, I, I think uh, all the people that listen to the VUC certainly have a vested interest in, in that. Um, and I think yeah. Yeah, probably Randy is probably number one on that list. Um, anyway, changing the subject very slightly from the, the tricky uh, yeah. practical challenges of introducing a new technology uh, to a very simple question. This new unit, uh, a combination of loss and delay in a single unit, you can't call it a Delta Q. You've got to give it a proper name, like a, a GED. <laughs> so you have GEDES. Um, uh, what's your, how many GEDES are you running at the moment? Um, so um, uh, you, you're actually you're touching on really quite an interesting question, which is, um, uh, so the underlying reality of this network it's all probabilistic and stochastic, yeah? It's all random processes, right? And so it's a bit like quantum mechanics, is that it does kind of weird stuff. Um, and, and, it's, and if it's, you have to explain then to ordinary users, you know, put it into their, their, their world and their terms. And it's a bit like, say, if you've got a gyroscope and you ask, well, why does that gyroscope process? And you say, well, I solve the equations, and that's what it does. Well, but why? Well, no, I solve the equations, that's what it does. It's like, <laughs> there's, um, so there's a, um, uh, a challenge of how to represent this stuff in a way that um, uh, different levels of the ecosystem can cope with, because um, there's an underlying reality here that ain't going away. Um, and uh, and currently, the way we're engineering these systems and selling them isn't aligned to that reality. And yeah, the, the value is in the timeliness and the quality. The costs are in the timeliness and the quality. The current revenue model is in the quantity. <laughs> Spot the fundamental tectonic problem that's ripping apart the industry. Um, so uh, that has to change, and but the quality thing requires going beyond simple little scalars. Um, uh, yet we still need to be able to express the end users. This is a kind of three-star thing for doing voice. Yeah, this is a five-star one, um, and that's an interesting problem.
you're, you're right. Yeah, James, the, we the need to... Is, is, is how you uh, express the metrics in a simple-to-understand manner that ordinary individuals who are not um, uh, PhD mathematicians can, can understand. Yes. James, we need to uh, remind people that they can hit star six to unmute on ZipDX. We have several people, and they may have questions or comments. Yeah, anybody on uh, on uh, ZipDX, David Heaps, Gil Osher, uh, or even Jacinka Rapajik, you're all in there. Um, any questions from ZipDX? Or if you have a pronounceable name, you can also chime in. The, the, the joys of being multimodal. Um, just start diving in there again, uh, Martin. You actually said a word that immediately got me excited. You said that you have a working demo of uh, some kind of uh, user interface. So, so, so the, the measurement system. Um, so, so the everyone looks at the mechanism. And say, my good, the clever, the clever new cause mechanism. I want to play. So, sorry, can't go there. It's um, for longest reasons. That's that's down the road, right? However, we have a working demo measurement system, um, and uh, I've been handing out a small pool of demo licenses to um, uh, uh, to industry mates and saying. Get this running and see what you see. What you find um, now. I need I need to have some way of scaling that, um, both in a operational way and also finding some way of rewarding people who put it together. Um, but it's not a. I don't. Money isn't the, isn't the defining um, uh, uh, limitation here. So I was I've been talking to like Telecom Research Institute to say, yeah, could we get this hosted and managed by one one of them, and um, in order to let everyone have access to this because there are some there's some real costs as well it's like all of the, all that that little that data has to go up into amazon that gets processed yeah there's there are there's, there's an aws bill to get at the end of the month and it's, it's not zero um so uh um yeah there, there has to be some kind of commercial infrastructure to support it but i think it's at a um uh very, this is a very affordable level. I think it's a kind of a, it's like it's like a business model. If you've got, yes, you know, if you're selling um, fast food, you, know, you give away the straws and you charge the hamburgers, and these are the straws. So, let's see people do a basic. And you're saying you're running the, the core infrastructure on Amazon. It's the sort of thing that perhaps Amazon or one of the other cloud um, service mm-hmm. providers might like to sponsor because we're not talking about massive amounts yes. of, uh, of processing. Yeah. This is this, are we? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think um, uh, I would, I would love after this call, James, you'll get one of my licenses, okay? Um, uh, and we'll figure out together um, how we can go about engaging this with community because I want to get this into the hands of everybody on this call who listens to this podcast, webinar, whatever. It's um, and I got, to, I just need to find a way of doing that within the resource constraints I have. Okay, uh, the the code that you've got that you're licensing, what sort of platform is required to run that? Right, so uh, on my laptop in front of me, um, and also on the iMac behind it, um, I've got a virtual machine um, uh, which is running the uh, the endpoint of the measurement system, um, which which emits the test packets, um, uh, which then head off towards a, a, one of several Amazon instances, which getting reflected back, and the timing of those packets as they as they leave and pass various intermediate points and come back is all captured. Um, and all that timing data then gets sucked up into Amazon, munged through some clever algorithms, and turned into these docu um, high fidelity um, uh, images of networks. Um, and uh, um, so uh, that's. The virtual machine is it's, it's, it's um, running Ubuntu inside it, and that can be deployed on a PC or a Mac. It could be deployed as a small, um, uh, uh, dedicated, in, kind of embeddable devices. It's um, uh, so it's a thing that everyone can play with. Um, but I just need to find a a technical and uh, commercial model that makes it worth my while. Okay. Well, actually, uh, uh, getting somebody to build it into something like OpenWRT. Um, the most popular, I think it's still the most popular open source yep. router software. Um, if you b- built into that as a module, um, that could work quite well. I'm looking at Corrado here. Yeah. Or, or PFSense. Or PFSense, indeed. Our favorite firewall, which yep. um, is going great guns at the moment. The latest release is absolutely stupendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the right people 
uh, to speak to. Yes, we certainly do, don't we? Because uh, we were only discussing the other other day about having uh, somebody from uh, PF Sense on to talk about the latest um, developments in, in PF Sense world. So, so there's an idea. Yeah, which they immediately said that they weren't interested. Yeah, but you, probably because you asked the wrong question to the wrong person, didn't you? So uh, just because somebody said they're not interested doesn't mean that we give up. We just uh, go round that obstacle and try again in a different di- dif- different direction. Very much like your dating strategy in high school, James. <laughs> <laughs> yes, darling. That is off topic, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and TMI. No, I. Again, I'm I'm hugely impressed with with what what you're doing here, uh, Martin. It's it's got all the the hallmarks of a super-duper Geddes plan. And um, and I know that if, if, if it can be made practicable, um, it will change change the way the internet works. So the challenge is how we actually get it into people's hands, as always. Yeah. This is the start of a conversation about how we do that. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Now, come on, there must be more people with questions lurking around. Any questions on IRC? Who's watching IRC? Because I'm not. I'm we are, it. we are, but there's nothing there. So uh, let me take an angle. This is Michael. Uh, let me take a, a slightly different tact on it because mm-hmm. over here in the U.S., we're having, you know, we're revisiting the traditional idea of network neutrality, and and mm-hmm. I guess the question is, to what extent do those distractions hinder? our actual forward progress. I mean, should we just discard what we have now? There's a lot of people getting very excited. Uh, and to what end? Um, uh, by, by what you have, we have now, you mean in terms of the legal and regulatory framework? Yes. Okay. Um, so um, uh, here's what you need to understand about net neutrality. Um, is neutral networks do not exist. There is no such thing. Never has been. It's a meaningless term. Um, there is no phenomenon called neutrality that can be measured in networks. Um, and, uh, uh, and it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the very intrinsic nature. It is a thing invented by a series of probably well-meaning lawyers. Um, uh, so um, the current framing of net neutrality is a non-existent and non-implementable thing. And Ofcom have produced research that shows that. Right. So um, this is not happening. There is no way of telling the difference between statistical flukes and intentional damage. It can't be done, right? either in principle nor in practice. So stop, give up, walk away. It's, um, however, um, we can define and regulate quality flaws. So neutrality is about how the individual little mechanisms result in a particular outcome. Um, and then trying to reverse engineer from the outcome was the mechanism engaged in a neutrality violation. Can't be done. Right? However, we can look at the overall service and say, what's the quality flaw? Um, and... Uh, uh, so it's about rather than trying to say who got who got the cream above the above the quality floor and what did the right people get the cream is you should talk about how much cream is there <laughs> it's uh, uh, and how much how much how much shit is there mixed in with, with this milk it's a um, uh, so the um, uh, the appropriate uh, uh, method is to use those old um, common carriage concepts but instantiate them as a quality floor and not neutrality. Abandon the concept of neutrality. It can't be done. And from a purely legal and regulatory perspective, it, it kind of means casting off all that exists and and It means um, abandoning the dead end that we were sent down ten years ago by the neutrality nonsense um, and going back to first principles uh, and applying the well-established uh, body of common courage. Um, to within a rigorous scientific framework, which neutrality isn't. So all this thing about discrimination is meaningless. There's no way it's undefined. Um, put it in a rigorous um, technical framework and, and execute to, to something that is. Um, we, we, we do this in spectrum policy. Yeah, we don't we don't try to do faster than light communications when we define spectrum policy. Yeah, you you'd be regarded as a bit odd, but neutrality is the equivalent to faster than light type of. You know, it's it doesn't it's not happening. It's like it's not in this universe. So. Um, uh, we, we need to re- bolt it back down to the reality of statistical well-spectacing of the Catholic networks, because at the moment it's flapping around in some fantasy world that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, um, coming back to your visa network of quality, 
setting that up so that we can uh, make money out of that. I think that's a cracking idea. Um, and I think that whoever sets up this visa network of quality can uh, also sell other services on the back of that. Um, so uh, once you've got the, the quality measure, then you're probably going to want some kind of uh, intelligence in there that allows you to or will act as an agent on your behalf to dynamically uh, vary the, uh, the, the quality um, as you require it. Because um, if you're paying for quality, you don't want to be um, operating on a high setting all the time. It'll cost you a fortune. So you want to be running in kind of bulk data transfer mode with crappy quality most of the time until you actually need that um, low oh. latency, high quality um, um, service. So it, in our case, it's 5 yeah. p.m. Uh, UK time on a Friday. We want to wind up our quality so we've got super-duper quality. For the rest of the time, we're not particularly bothered. And, and that's going to need some kind of intelligence. So what's your thought thinking on that, Martin? Constructing is construct appropriate options on it. So allowing people to wait until the last minute and then say, oh, bad quality, I think I'll go to the high-class quality. Um, doesn't work. You yeah, have to... In fact, anything that relies on people to do stuff is probably a bad idea. You probably want some kind of mechanism or agent that does it for you. Even software doesn't work. Um, you need to... Um, uh, you're selling options on doing that, and um, and you need to price the option. And if you turn up at the last minute without an option, boy, is this going to cost you. It's, uh, um, so uh, because you need to send price signals into the, into the system about the likely future demand and supply. Um, Oh, that's uh, an interesting thought. Really so we're talking about dealing in futures, futures on quality. Interesting. Yes, that is coming. Is if, if you want to have a sustainable infrastructure, which is going to allow the level of scaling that a world full of sensors um, implies and a world full of AI, this is trying to do semi-real-time decisions on a mass global basis. Um, we are orders of magnitude, many orders of magnitude away from being able to do that. So... Um, uh, we need to build a whole new kind of infrastructure um, for the industrial internet, which is performance, scalable, maintainable, um, private, but a whole series of things by design. And hopefully ethical by design is the top requirement. Um, so uh, the current like um, identity harvesting model of the ad-funded internet, I would like that to make that go away. Um, uh, so because in the world of um, uh, wearable tech and um, uh, pervasive sensors we are capturing not just yeah you know, what what you know what your bank account details are and which flight you're taking we're capturing intimate biosense data and um you've only got, you've only got one body <clears throat> and this is qualitatively different um from the kind of mass transactional automation thing we did with the web in the 1990s um and uh, uh it requires a fundamentally different infrastructure um one which is fit for purpose for that kind of outcome and we can't do it with the current prototype internet. So we need to okay. recognize what we have at the moment as a prototype. Uh, I can see uh, additional problems coming in later on where um, where you have to have measures to make sure that um, some players don't use the quality mechanism as a means of, what, denial of service against others. So if somebody comes bouncing in and buys up all of the quality on a certain network at a certain time, Effectively, that becomes a denial denial of service attack um, for other players, or they might be um, taking advantage of their 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 their, their power to uh, then resell quality down to smaller people. If we compare, as has been done several times, the internet access, our channel, our network connection into the internet to the internet with electricity or water, uh, only in the oldest business buildings or neighborhoods. Does my extensive use of showering or bathing or whatever affect the water pressure of someone else? In fact, usually it doesn't these days. And certainly electricity, if my neighbor is pulling all kinds of electricity down, he still is not using my uh, electricity. So somehow either the analogy fails or we need some yeah. kind of new system, right? But the networks that we use use different paradigms, paradigms uh, including uh, contention ratio and so on. So we are contending uh, resources that are not available. Uh, 
No codecs were harmed in the production of the VUC, brought to you by IP Communications Community. With our thanks to Simwood, Greenfield Tech, ZipDX, Bluehost, and Voxmall. See you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.